ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. G'day, I'm Matt Brand. The Northern Territory's first cotton gin has been officially opened to the north of Catherine. It's done. Yes, this gin has cost around $70 million to build and it means NT growers will no longer have to transport their cotton crops thousands of kilometres to Queensland for processing. The gin, it is being operated by local company Want Cotton in partnership with global cotton giant Louis Dreyfus. I went to the opening and spoke to Want Cotton Director and President of the NT Cattlemen's Association, David Conley. Well, this is the newest facility in Australia. It's, it's brand spanking new. We started it off as a second-hand facility of an old second-hand gin that, that we bought. We bought you know, a whole heap of um, gear out of a, out of a second-hand gin. Um, really what we're after there was the press. So we've got a, we've got a very uh, good reconditioned press, but the rest of it we decided that we'd go and buy new. Our partner, Louis Dreyfus Company, who will be operating this uh, in partnership with us uh, under the name of Northern Cotton, They talked us into buying all new equipment and making the gin bigger than what our plans were at the start because they could see the industry growing before them and really the gin would have been that we we started off to build would have been at capacity by the time we'd finished building it. So we needed, it's like building a bridge that can only handle one lane of traffic. By the time you finish it, you need two lanes of traffic. So we we acquiesced and... um, we, we've built the gin to a larger capacity. and What is the capacity? The capacity is 50 bales per hour. So the capacity actually works out at how many hours you want to put in. Mm. You know, we'll do 150,000 bales, no trouble at all in a season, if that's what we need to do. And as we stand here, I can see all of this cotton wrapped in bright yellow, bright, bright pink. Yep. As I said on that TV show, Matt, it's wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Roughly, what areas has this cotton come from? Uh, this cotton's come from uh, areas of the Douglas Daly, uh, Tipperary, uh, Catherine areas and south of Catherine in the Northern Territory. And as far as field as, um, as Kununurra, we've got four growers that have sent their cotton over from Kununurra. Now, a lot of growers have taken the opportunity to send their cotton south again this year. That's a cash flow issue, Matt, because yeah. you don't get paid for your cotton until you gin your cotton and then sell it to the merchant that you've sold that you've set up your sale with. But these people have decided that uh, they wanted to have their cotton ginned here and they've foregone that early cash flow to, um, to gin this cotton after the opening now. When does ginning actually get going here at this well, facility? There'll be two types of ginning that'll get going. Ginning will start early next year, uh, but that'll be probably on our cotton, on Tipperary's cotton as the um, um, as the guinea pig cotton because with all this machinery here Matt millions and millions of dollars worth of machinery you could bet your socks that the minute you put something in it and turn something on something will break it'll jam some cotton up somewhere or something won't be calibrated quite right so we'll spend a few weeks calibrating it all with our cotton so it's not with our customers not with our clients our growers yeah. and then uh, once we've got it right and uh and our ginning team, the LDC ginning team, are satisfied, then we'll start start punching the growers' cotton through. So it might be February or something like that. And it's then bound for export, I assume. Yeah, well, it can go... Out of Darwin? Yeah, it can go anywhere in the world. Interestingly enough, some will go out of Adelaide. So the most amazing uh, freight figures, um, things like rail freight to Adelaide and then on a boat to the world works, and also uh, on trucks to, to Darwin to the world so um, that's that's mostly what will happen there might be some cotton 
um, go southeast, head towards Brisbane as well. But look, most of it will go out of out of Darwin. But but there will will also be cotton from this gin go out of Adelaide. The, the logistics numbers are amazing. And then what about the cotton seed? And that's sort of where your well, roles a, overlap a bit. Yeah. Well, this is where I came into cotton. I wasn't so interested in cotton as a as a crop, but I was interested in cotton seed as a supplement for our cattle and that's where this all started so we started growing cotton on Tipperary because I wanted the cotton seed for our cattle uh, as a supplement and then the the lint was a byproduct for us and for me it still is of course it's not for my brother who's the farmer and he wants the lint Um, and and when we started getting the lint it became very obvious to it to us that trucking at three and a half thousand kilometers south all we were doing is paying the freight companies. We weren't getting any profit ourselves, and neither were any of the other growers. So it became very obvious to me that we needed to have a gin in the Northern Territory. And I said to uh, to my boss, Alan, I said, someone's got to be brave enough to build a gin in the Northern Territory if, if cotton is going to be a viable uh, product to grow in the Territory. And Alan succinctly said, well, why don't you? Why don't you get on with it? And he, was, he and his partners have been brave enough to build this gin. Fan- unbelievable risk. Um, yes. and, and should be good reward, but, but they took the risk and more power to them. A lot of money. So I've been told north of $70 million. Uh, Somewhere around there, you know, would have made a good holiday a, somewhere. A big investment in northern Australia. So now that the gin is built, what are you expecting from growers? Are, are we going to see a lot more cotton now planted? I don't think... Oh, look, I think the answer is people will grow cotton, Um people won't be tearing down trees to plant cotton because we've already got our farmland I mean Tipperary for instance we've got oodles of farmland that we used to grow um, hay on we used to grow pasture on and make pasture hay we've just we're converting that land to cotton and it's dry land cotton mat so the rain that comes out of the sky is our irrigator you know you don't see any irrigation cotton on on um, Tipperary that's not to say, as my brother Bruce would say, that's not to say that at some stage there, there might not be you know there might well be a an irrigation um, cotton um, option in the Territory. But and we get 60 inches of rain a year. We're planting our cotton now. We, we're having a very late start to our wet. It's very dry at home, but we've had just enough rain to get it germinated. And now we'll wait, wait and we are to use that wet so that we can get that cotton grown. So, yes, the answer to the question is, I think there will be more cotton grown, but it will be grown on the land that's already put aside on these farms to grow crops on. I pick up the NT newspaper this week. There's a full-page ad claiming cotton kills rivers. Yeah. You keep seeing this. How do you respond to those who are oh, concerned? Well, well, the first thing I'd say is that's, that's a, a very expensive ad to put in based on information that's incorrect. So, you know, it's like saying Ford motor cars are better than Holden if you're a, if you're a Holden fan. I just, um, it's just incorrect information. Cotton doesn't kill rivers. Um, I, people are entitled to their opinion, Matt, even if it's wrong. We, we have engaged with all sides of industry. We've tried to engage with people who have that opinion. They're not interested, interestingly enough, they're not interested in, in engaging with us. They're just interested in talking about, you know, what a negative cotton is for the Northern Territory, when really cotton is a huge positive. We've already got families moved to Tipperary who are now driving tractors and their kids are going to the Tipperary school. It's building employment uh, right across the industry. It's building supply chains. People are buying... Uh, machinery to handle cotton, they're buying trucks to cart cotton, uh, the tyre companies in Catherine are selling tyres to those trucking companies, the fuel companies are selling more fuel, the, um, it, it will run right across... The, this facility the alone will employ how many people when it's well, running? When it, 
when running really efficiently, probably 40 people. Right. But it's, but it's employed, it's already employed hundreds of people to build the thing, and it's put uh, accommodation in Catherine, it's put a whole heap of money locally into Darwin and Catherine. Um, you know, we received a letter uh, when we started to talk about building this cotton gin from the Catherine Town Council. It's always stuck in my neck because they told us that they don't support the cotton industry and they don't support a cotton gin. That's what the Catherine Town Council wrote to me. But interestingly enough, the cotton gin has supported the Catherine area because it can't help but. We've put accommodation to the town. We've bought fuel from the town. We've, we've been bringing all the builders and handymen and all the engineers out of the town. We've, we've got an engineering firm from, um, from Darwin. We've got the local um, guys here that run their graders to do all their civil works. It, we're already supporting the community, so it doesn't matter whether Catherine wants, us, wants our support or not. They've already got it. And just finally, I know you've got to go here. What do you hope the cotton industry looks like over the next five years for the Northern Territory? Well, I, I think that uh, it, it's not a hope because I've seen those one-horse towns down in uh, southwest Queensland turn from a one-horse town into a, a full team. Um, towns become prosperous, areas become prosperous, people can find work, um, towns start to thrive, uh, there's employment, there's schooling. So... Uh, it's, it's not a hope, Matt. I know that this industry will bring prosperity to this region. Farmers have been crying out for a crop that they can grow, that they can sell on a world stage out of the Northern Territory since farming was a thing that started in, in the Northern Territory. And a lot of those options to us, the sorghums and, the, and all the other crops, they just haven't worked and cotton is because we can water it from the rain. And even when Kununurra builds its gin, this facility here has got a strong future? I think there's plenty I think there's plenty in the industry for all of us. Thanks for your time. Good on you, Matt. That is David Conley, who is a director of Want Cotton. If you're tuning in, this is the Country Hour, and we're taking a look at the Northern Territory's first cotton gin, which has been built north of Catherine. It's about 35 kilometres north of town, and it's just off the Stewart Highway. Adam Kay, he is the Chief Executive of Cotton Australia and says it's an exciting time for the industry with a new cotton gin at Catherine and another being built at Kununurra in the Kimberley. Well, it just opens up the uh, the possibility you know, for for growing cotton, which is uh, you know a crop that's in demand globally. You know, people want to be clothed. You know, Australia's got a wonderful reputation for the yields we produce, the quality we produce, and the sustainability credentials of, uh, of Australian cotton. And so, we sell every bale we produce each year. And um, and I think you know, in time, the proximity of the territory to some of our key markets, you know, it's across to Indonesia. You know, I just can't wait until we're, we're um, sending bales across to Indonesia to be spun and made into T-shirts that, you know, ter- you know, Northern Territory cotton T-shirts coming back into the Territory, you know, and it, and, and it won't be that far away. You know, we're seeing Australian cotton being really picked up by retailers and brand owners uh, in Australia. You know, your, your, your big brands and retailers are going to 100% Australian cotton and it'll be great when, uh, when the, you know, cotton from the Territory is coming back to the Territorians. In a big year, Australia can produce over 5 million bales of cotton. In years to come, what do you think Northern Australia can contribute to that? Yeah, look, it's um, obviously there's enormous potential, but it's it's really up to individual growers. You know, the industry as a whole is not 
up here, you know, promoting cotton and people should go into cotton. I think it's just when people see others growing it, they learn how to grow it, they get confident um, about, you know, the sustainability of the crop. And then you see them, you know, start to grow a small area and build up. You know, that's what I've seen in other areas in the south when the, uh, when the industry expanded into the Riverina. It's just sort of, you know, this organic growth. So, you know, I don't think there's any agenda to sort of, you know, push it and, and, and expand crazily. I think it's, uh, you know, people just... Uh, you know, get on board, grow a small area, get comfortable with it and, uh, and learn about it. Southern growers that you speak to about what's happening in the north, what, how's it been received? Oh, they're, they're all interested, you know. Everyone's looking for the next opportunity and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's no more, you know, water in the south, you know, you, you, the, there's no more um, irrigation water to be purchased and, and it's getting expensive. So the idea of, you know, rain-growing cotton in these new uh, areas is, is exciting and, and the opportunity for young people with some experience in cotton production, you know, to come up, you know, you, you see some of the young people that are up here today, they're so excited about the, the opportunities that, the, you know, the Territory could bring. There's been talk about developing the north for years, forever. Is this what it looks like, do you think? Well, I think this is it. It's sort of, uh, you know, chicken and egg stuff with cotton that you really need that gin, you know, that first stage of processing. And um, we've had innovative growers, you know, growing the crop and having to transport it 3,000 kilometres, which is not ideal. Now they've got that that first stage of processing, you know, on their doorstep, which is so exciting. And, and, you know, we're seeing the the development of the industry over in um, Kununurra. You know, it sort of got started and then, uh, you know, slowed down. Sugar came in. Now it's up and going again. We've got the same happening up, you know, Julia Creek and, uh, and those areas up in um, in North Queensland. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's just going to be that slow organic growth as, you know, innovative farmers come up, prove it can be done, and then that then gives um, the confidence to people invest in the in the ginning uh, equipment, and uh, and that's how you see the industry develop. But uh, yeah, I think it really is exciting to see this gin though for the territory because that's you know it's going to be uh, full steam ahead for Catherine. It's uh, it's really exciting. That is Adam Kay, the Chief Executive of Cotton Australia. Now, how much cotton will be planted in the Territory this season and how is some of the early planting coming along? We'll be talking about that in a moment. But first, let's learn a bit more about this cotton gin and some of the people behind it. As mentioned, the gin is being operated by local company Want Cotton in partnership with Louis Dreyfus. Now, LDC's Australian Managing Director of Cotton, Tim Geitz, he spoke to the crowd at the official opening. Here's just a little bit of his speech. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, on behalf of LDC, it gives me great pleasure to be standing before you today in the shade of the first cotton gin in Northern Australia. That sentence in itself rolled off the tongue fairly easily, but it's in no way testament to the planning effort, vision and commitment to get this project where it is today. I would also like to pay special tribute to Alan Myers and the uh, shareholders of the Tipperary Group of Stations who had the vision and fortitude to help cement the cotton industry in Northern Australia. This pioneering spirit has been the foundation of our industry since its establishment in the 1960s. And it's fantastic to see that, that spirit so strong here today. On a final note, uh, Alan Myers, it's been a great uh, pleasure to meet and uh, gain some insight into one of the best legal and business minds that Australia has ever produced. I thank you and I look forward to us continuing to work together.
Also, I'd like to thank Mont Cotton for trusting LEC with the project build and for the continuing operations of the gin when completed. It's out, without doubt one of the most exciting projects I've been associated with my career today. Thanks very much. So that is Tim Geitz from Louis Dreyfus Company. Now, you mentioned Alan Myers in that speech. Mr Myers is a barrister. He's the chair of the Tipperary Group of Stations, and he's an investor with a diverse range of projects right across Australia. He's also now a director of Want Cotton. I caught up with him at the official opening of that cotton gin. I'm Alan Myers. I'm a barrister, but an investor in uh, rural enterprises in Australia. Uh, My family, sometimes with some others, have had the Tipperary group of properties for more than 20 years now. And we've been keen to develop agricultural enterprises in the Northern Territory. Why do we do so? Because we think it's a good thing for the country and for the Northern Territory and it's a a worthwhile thing for us to achieve. Why do you think the cotton industry is a good thing for Northern Australia? Because uh, cotton can be grown sustainably, mostly in Northern Australia. It'll be grown as it is in most other parts of the world, rain-fed and not through irrigation. There will be irrigated cotton. You get better yields if it's irrigated. Uh, We use uh, modern farming techniques and uh, modified uh, cotton seed so that insecticides are scarcely used at all. And the product is a natural product which is in increasing demand throughout the world for use in clothing and for other purposes. It seems to tick all the boxes to me. And how does it make you feel standing here today under this ginormous shed? I wonder how, an, how it's been achieved. But then when I think about that, I know that it's the result of a lot of other people sharing our aspirations to achieve something that's worthwhile in the Northern Territory and for Australia. Because this gin will enable the cotton industry to develop in the northern part of Australia for the benefit of the country, for the Northern Territory and for the people who are involved in it. And for you, what's the key to making this industry viable from here on? That landholders in this region are keen to and not prevented from growing cotton in a sustainable way. I'm optimistic that that will happen and I'm optimistic because it's rational that it should happen and it will be good for the Northern Territory and for the people involved in it. What do you love about the North? Well, it's a great part of Australia. Uh, My family have been here now a bit over 200 years, that's to say in Australia. They started as convicts in Van Diemen's Land and then went to Western Victoria And since then, we've been involved, not in any high-profile way, but involved in agriculture all over the country. And more than ag, I mean, the work that you do in the North Kimberley, I always got told told you own those properties because you were so interested in in the art up there. Well, the properties in the North Kimberley are a conservation uh, enterprise to conserve the natural environment... Uh, which I think we're doing successfully um, in cooperation with the local people for the most part and 
also to uh, conserve and to make known the marvellous heritage of the rock art in Northern Australia. Uh, we still don't know exactly by whom it was created and when, but it was a very long time ago, and it's probably the... For our, for our audience, you're referring to the Bradshaw artwork. Well, Bradshaw and, uh, and the pre- and post-Bradshaw uh, artwork. Um, and I, I think it's probably the, the greatest um, gathering of rock art in the world. I shouldn't say probably, it almost certainly is. And it's something that should be conserved and Australians should be proud of. All Australians. Thanks for your time. Great pleasure. That is Alan Myers KC, investing in conservation, investing in protecting Indigenous rock art and investing in northern agriculture. He's now also a director of Want Cotton. So this cotton gin... Right next to the Stewart Highway to the north of Catherine, it has now been built. And according to Simon Cameron from Cotton Australia, with wet season storms starting to deliver plenty of rain to the top end, growers have already started planting what is set to be a record cotton crop for the Northern Territory. Yeah, right now we've been uh, waiting patiently for the wet season rains to arrive, which obviously uh, a few weeks ago wasn't looking too promising. But uh, now we're, we're full steam ahead. Um, we've got many of our growers in the region will be out in the paddocks today on their tractors with the machines going bip, 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 bip as they plant that wonderful little cotton seed into the ground and uh, bless it with the beautiful rains that we're hopefully going to be receiving in the coming days from uh, ex-cyclone Jasper. Yeah, is there such thing as too much rain from a tropical low? There can be. There can certainly be. Um, but we're very lucky up here because our soils have that a beautiful ability of draining very freely. So we are blessed in that regard. So we can receive a lot of rain and a couple of days later you go, oh, where's it gone? And the cotton can handle it. And the cotton can handle it indeed. And the cotton loves it because we've got that three elements, you know, the sun, the soil and the water. We're here at the official opening of the Want Cotton Gin. Now that it's here, are we going to see more cotton planted? Yeah, it's really exciting and, and it's such a, an amazing historical day for us here in the Northern Territory. And yes, so this season we're looking at around fourteen to 15,000 hectares of cotton going in the ground and that's all the way from you know the northern areas of Douglas Daly right down into the Sturt Plateau so, um, and over to the west, over to, to WA. Um, we also have plants or cotton going in the ground in WA and, and a crossover into far north Queensland. So the, all areas across northern Australia, um, is it's, it's happening. So up to 15,000 hectares in the Northern Territory, I mean, that would be the biggest cotton plant in this jurisdiction's ever seen. Absolutely, it is, and, and it's very exciting. And I think in coming seasons, you know, once we, we fire up the cotton gin, we're going to see a lot more interest um, and a lot more plants going in the ground um, in the coming years. Uh, so to help our livestock industry, obviously, to bolster that uh, protein drought which cottonseed provides for our livestock industry. It would have been very hard to make money, I assume, growing cotton and then trucking it 3,000 kilometres to be ginger. 
Absolutely, and and you know when you do your numbers on a page or your gross margins, a lot of our guys, you know, had to had to truck their cotton again that three and a half thousand kilometres to Dolby. Some even went as far as Hilston. It's like at another thousand or twelve hundred kilometres from Dolby to Hilston, so southern New South Wales. So yeah, it's it's very very exciting. So for some of us, we're you know like not far away. Well, I, I have a property not far away, and it's you know maybe twenty kilometres by road. But for some, it'll still be you know a good five six hundred kilometres, particularly those guys down in the southern parts of, of the Northern Territory down in the Sturt Plateau and Barclay regions that will grow the cotton uh, but it's nowhere near it's the... Still, it's no. still closer. Correct, yeah. correct. If all goes to plan on about 15,000 hectares, what could that look like for this gin? Well on average we're seeing um, over the last five years um, typically across the regions where the cotton has been grown around that four bales per hectare so if we're, you know, we're looking probably at around that 70,000 um, you know, bales potentially coming through this wonderful gin processing facility here in the north of Catherine um, later this year, or later next year, sorry, you know, in that August window we'll start to see that, those, that, that season coming through. And how long does it take to gin maybe 70,000 bales? Well, uh, I understand that it's around 60 bales a, a, an hour can be processed and uh, it's going to take probably the better part of you know four months to get that happening so um, yeah it'll be all systems go ahead you know very very soon for our wonderful facility here which is so exciting to have it in the region. Um, I've seen some concerns raised by people who feel like cotton's going to take over hundreds of thousands of hectares is that true? I think cotton will grow in the Northern Territory in its own organic way. Um, We do have, you know, when we projected uh, agricultural in general, agricultural projection growth in Australia is around that 10.6% per annum. Uh, So if we added, say, we made it 11, we're looking at a very long time before we would see, you know, 100,000 hectares, say, which is what a lot of them are out there saying. Um, You know, we're looking at 2045 before we'd even start to see that and that's just cotton so we're talking you know 11% for agricultural growth in general and and which cotton is part of that. Uh, Are you confident it can be a viable crop for northern growers? Absolutely confident and very very um, you know excited and honoured to be a part of that growth industry here in the Northern Territory and across Northern Australia essentially. That is Simone Cameron who is a Senior Policy Manager in Northern Australia for Cotton Australia. Right across the Territory on the ABC, you are tuned into the Country Hour. Now, the vast majority of this season's cotton crop in the Northern Territory is dry land cotton. So that means it requires zero irrigation. Whatever falls out of the sky, that's what the crop gets. However, there are some groups who believe this cotton industry will soon look to take water for irrigation and are also worried about the industry's intentions to clear land to grow more crops. Here is Kirsty Howie from the Environment Centre. We have a lot of concerns about this cotton gin opening because what it will make way for is the clearing of potentially tens of thousands of hectares of beautiful savannah woodland for cotton and, of course, the opening up of new forms of water extraction, including the construction of dams on our free-flowing rivers. And that could spell disaster for our beautiful rivers, our intact savannah ecosystems and what people love so much about the Northern Territory here and globally. 
The surface water harvesting policy, the government is saying that uh, actually it might uh, better regulate the take of um, overland water, you know, in the wet season, that they're saying, you know, before you could just take whatever you wanted, but now the overland uh, flow take is reduced to 5%. What's your view of that? Look, the simple uh, thing is uh, that what this policy will do is open up huge amounts of additional water extraction. There's no two ways about it. This is water that is not currently taken and it's a signal to the industry that the water will now be available. And we've got in the Northern Territory some of the worst water laws and water regulation in the country. We're not compliant in any way, shape or form with national water policy. And uh, any new extraction for an industry, a thirsty industry of this kind, uh, needs to be well regulated and we have no confidence that that will happen. Groups like the Farmers Association would argue, well, you know, we want to have a bigger agriculture industry. What is the difference between having mangoes or melons or having cotton? You know, it's basically water to grow crops for the territory. Look, I think there really is a difference between those kinds of crops that have been successfully grown here in the Territory and cotton. And that's just, you know, pure numbers about the scale in spatial terms, in terms of hectares of what is proposed for the cotton industry, up to 200,000 hectares in some of the documentation that's been released compared to the very small areas of land and comparably uh, poor smaller amounts of water for industries like mangoes, you know, melons, those kinds of things. So they may be thirsty crops, but we're just not seeing the scale of development proposed for those. That is Kirsty Howie from the Environment Centre NT speaking to Jane Barden. If you'd like to see some pictures of this brand new cotton gin near Catherine, you can find it on our website if you search for NT Country Hour.